for example, that call one night back when I was still a police officer. I was working a graveyard shift on a pretty good team. We were patrol. We were a street team. and We were beat cops. Beat cops, you answer anything and everything that comes in via 911 during your hours of shift in your area and any area close to your area to help other officers out. And we had a night, man, where we had. It was a summer night. We had two fires that night. We had a, we had a couple of shootings. It just started off super weird. The nighttime got super quiet. Very high-paced. Very go, go, go. Team was operating great. Very high-paced. Later in the night, 1, 2 in the morning, from, from what I can remember, we had a call for a fire at a, um, at like a townhome condo complex a couple adjacent units like four to six units connected three main levels three upstairs we had a call for a fire house fire i remember how the team was structured i remember where everyone was at on their beat i remember where i was at it was my beat i remember exactly where i was at and not only do i remember where i was at i grew up in this area did not even need my gps to get to this complex i knew exactly where it was it was right across the street from the baseball fields where i played little league baseball knew exactly where it was felt comfortable felt confident didn't feel fatigued low traffic that night good weather got there as safely and quickly as possible without even much effort to get there extremely quickly neighbors were outside Fire was extremely bad by the time that we got there. And we got there pretty quick, so the call must have come in late. We still fight through some of it. Neighbors are super communicative. The neighbors come out. They know the family that lives there. There's a grandma, there's a mom, and there's four kids. And everyone is, is chiming in. Officers are showing up. We're showing up before. Fire has the opportunity to get there. But the communication from the public was great. Officers show up. We're doing everything we can to get everyone out, alert people close by, and then adhere to grandma, mom, four kids. Word is mom is gone. Mom is is out for the evening. Grandma is watching kiddos. (laughs) Neighbors know how many kids. Cool. Grabbing kids appears to be successful. We We have four kids. There's four kids. We have four kids. Everyone's kind of frantic. This building is still extremely hot. It's still, it's literally burning in the ground. Cool, we got four. A little while later, someone else arrived that did not live at the unit but knew the family that lived there and asked where the baby was. The four that we had counted one of those kids was not from that house. They were staying the night at that house. And the baby was not accounted for. It was accounted for in a false, false head count. Mind you, the building was almost unenterable by the time we got there. The baby sleeps upstairs. So I guess it was four units or three units across, but they had a main level and an upstairs for one unit. The upstairs was almost completely gone by the time we're getting there. Maybe there's a slam. It, it's hard. It's hard to gauge when you're 
entering fires. Someone arrives on scene and where's baby? Where's the no, they have a baby too. And that silence right there was across everybody. Because one of the fourth kids that was accounted for was staying the night. The drive there, spot on. <laughs> the officers that showed up on scene, spot on. The interaction from the neighbors, their intention to help and communicate of who lives there and who's supposed to be around. Very rare that that even happens from the community. Everything felt right. Mom arrives on scene. She gets a call from Grandma. Mom doesn't know. Everyone knows, but Mom. Kids are out. Mom's still asking about baby. Building on fire. A victim advocate arrives on scene. Victim advocates are people who volunteer and help police officers and first responders speak to the public or speak to victims that are going through something traumatic and they allot their time to spend time and they're trained to help them. Victim advocate arrives on scene, speaks to our sergeant. Sergeant calls me over. I give a little bit more briefing, understanding to what's going on to, to the both of them. I was the first, one of the first officers to, to pull up. Victim advocate decides they're uncomfortable with this level of call and that I should be the one to speak to mom because I've been there since the beginning. And I've also, the mom came up to me, was asking for information as we were trying to get through this. Get mom in an ambulance with the other kids because the other kids have to be checked out. One of them was unconscious, revived, on scene. So she goes to the hospital with the other kiddos, and we'll, we um, and we let her know that we will keep her informed on what's going on on scene. And I also went to the hospital with the other kiddos. <laughs> Baby never made it out. Remains of baby weren't discovered until the entire building was completely distinguished. Failure. Telling mom. Failure. The flip side of this, or the, the back side of this, is that officers on scene had to go out and be cops the rest of the night. The rest of that night, it was, a, it was a busy, hot summer night. Most of them are. We averaged 35 to 42 calls for service, all ranges of emergency to delinquency throughout the night, during your springs and summers. All of them, myself, had to shoulder kiddos at the hospital, had to shoulder mom, and then go be cops the rest of the night. I had to 
stomach failure in the moment compartmentalize and then move forward and that the rest of that night consisted of verbal domestics car accidents non-injury car accidents the verbal domestics of of you name it those are very common calls noise complaint and i remember these because i remember that night how pressing it was to be present and still be the officer I needed to be for others that called for service. That fire wasn't their fault. What happened wasn't their fault, nor did they have any information on it, nor is it my place to vent to the public about what we stomach. And then we show up and your husband got the wrong flavor of jelly at the grocery store, so we fight. Or car accidents, non-injury, and people are in traffic wanting to fight each other. Shootings, victimless crimes of gangs wanting to shoot each other. I remember that mom. I remember the date. I remember the mom. I remember speaking to her. I'm partial to the leadership I've been given through the Marine Corps and through a couple of ranks in the officer ranks of real stories, real failure, real compartmentalization, real stomach and push through for the future and for who the public or who the nation needs you to be. And those skill sets are extremely valuable in business. I I get angry. I get frustrated. I doubt. I don't trust. When I come across leadership that I can tell hasn't stomached it. And when people are leading, when people are coaching in this position of speaking to people about their future and they're telling them and giving advice on what they should be doing for their future and they don't have direction, they don't have context of what they're speaking to and they don't know the fire they're playing with when someone's relying on you to give them advice for their future and you are soliciting it because you're marketing yourself as a coach, I take offense from the real leadership, from the old breed leadership foundation and I feel like they haven't had any experience where they've had to stomach because if they have had to stomach they would know how important leadership is how selfless leadership is and how failure can make zero fucking sense but if you haven't prepared your mindset and your physical capabilities for those moments, how do you run the after-action report on how to get better? And when there's nothing you can do to even imagine how you could have done anything better or anything at all, 
It's just failure. How do you push forward? What are your core values? Why are you doing this in the first place? Military guys, police officers, if you're not rooted in why you're in that, a call like that will kill you. Business. If you aren't rooted, if you don't have an understanding and a direction resting on core values of why you're doing this in the fucking first place, your losses will kill you. If you're a coach or in a leadership role and you steal intellectual property or create your own base on others and it's not contextual and you don't have the stomach for what you're coaching, You shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be here.